What does the generosity, curiosity, and gratitude of a seven-year-old have to do with caring for our most frail loved ones? Can we actually better harness the wisdom of one billion seniors today? You bet we can. And yes, you can reverse the symptoms of dementia through an age-old form of human connection. All this and more in our next episode. Stay tuned. Welcome to Doing It Best with Elder Care Success, where we explore ways to relieve the stress, exhaustion, and overwhelm that we all face in caring for an aging parent, frail spouse, or partner. Fear, frustration, emotional and financial strain does not have to be your MO. Stay tuned as we dive into different and new ways of finding more joy together with those that we love and care for, and while keeping our feet solid on the ground. Hang tight, there is a better road ahead. Hello everybody, this is Nancy May here from Elder Care Success. And I am so thrilled to have our guest here today, Dana Griffin, who is the co-founder and CEO of Eldera. So Eldera is this really interesting concept that is now a company where it's bringing the generations together for better for both sides, the kids with the seniors, the seniors with the kids. And I don't mean just seniors as in, well, depending on how young you are, you could be a senior at 50, but... <laughs> We won't go there, right? But really, even even those who have dementia or some sort of frailty that we're taking care of, the benefit of being around a younger generation that can that can help them and that they can pass that wisdom and joy of life onto is so impressive and important that I'm just a big fan of what Dana's doing. So Dana, welcome to Elder Care Success. I'm glad that you're here with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I, I was really looking forward to this conversation. So why don't you tell me just a little bit, the 10-second elevator overview of what Eldera is and, and how you came about this idea? Sure. So let me start by saying something a little bit controversial. Eldera I love controversy, by the way. Fantastic. <laughs> We're just going to have fun then today. Um, Eldera is the opposite of elder care. The name itself stands for bringing forth the era of the elders. We believe that older adults want and need to care for the next generation. It is in our DNA. It keeps us healthier, happier, longer, uh, which is what we, we all strive for. I can go much further on this because we live in such interesting times where we live longer than ever before, yet we hate aging. So what we are trying to do at Aldera, the vision that we're building Aldera on, is that we believe that the time and wisdom of one billion older adults can be turned into a new natural resource for all generations to thrive. So this is a little bit like the stories of Native Americans, where it was the tribal seniors and leaders who were the wise, call the wise old owls, but that's the only sort of thing <laughs> I'm thinking of that led the tribes, that led the societies and passed on what needed to be done to keep that group going to the youth, hoping that they would be able to have the strength to do the same thing. Correct? Or, and of course, it walks across other industry, other, I don't say industry, but other ethnic groups, but I think of Native Americans for some reason. <laughs> I think Native Americans are such, their culture is such an incredible inspiration to, to all of us. But when you look at that model of the, the village elders being the ones you go to for, for advice, for decisions, that model replicates globally. That is actually how we evolved as a civilization. 
as soon as we started um, as humans to, to congregate in, in villages and in groups and in tribes, in fact, if we're being very open-minded about this and honest, there are other species who have the exact same model as well. Aging confers to you a certain amount of wisdom. And we define wisdom as the triangulation of all of your knowledge that you gathered. That's why, that's why we believe you have to have at least six decades to gather all this knowledge. Even the bad stuff? <laughs> bad stuff helps you survive, helps you thrive, helps you enjoy the good stuff. There's nothing really, truly bad in the world as, you, as long as you can survive it. It teaches you something and you can hopefully turn it into something good. And this is a very Darwinian model, right? (laughs) You know, I never thought of it as as Darwinian before, but if I can learn from an older adult's mistake or loss, then perhaps I can do a little better with it. I really, really do believe about that. So we see this, you know, older adults conferring their, their wisdom on the younger generation, but more importantly, taking care of the young while the middle generation is able to provide across the board. And this, is, this was just normal day-to-day human civilization up until about a century ago. Actually, less than a century ago, we invented retirement in the 50s. It's actually kind of sad that we've done that and created this sort of cloistering, as we talked about earlier before we started recording, Mm -hmm. in that parents have been taught that the 55 plus community is a good thing to get away from the kids, to get away from family. Well, I guess you're not getting away from family, but you are really putting up a wall against the rest of society that way or going into a continued care facility where you've got that pattern of progressive, you're thinking progressive decline right from the get-go, as opposed to how do I stay strong right to the very end till I take my last breath? Exactly. I mean, you know, you call it cloistering. Mark Friedman calls it aging segregation. All in, it's bad. It's bad for older adults. It's bad for young people. And it's bad for society. There is so much wisdom in older adults that we lose the moment we put them in a bubble together. In fact, if you think about the similarity of that, it's like social media, right? We, we put them in a bubble where they just speak to each other and they don't get exposed to the rest of the world and we don't get exposed to them. I firmly believe we have to completely rethink the way we see care. The way care functions today with the model that young people will take care of old people is crumbling. It does not matter how much money we put against it, it will fail. Today, we already have more people under 10 than over 60, uh, which means that anything... Wait, you say more people under 10, we have actually more people who are over 60 than under 10. Yes, sorry. The other yes. way around. I thought, that's what I thought. I was like, we've just... Let's... Thank you. Exactly, exactly. More people over 60 than under 10. So we simply don't have enough young people to care for the old people. So we have to completely, radically rethink aging and care today. Right now, we have 1 billion people over 60 in the world. By the time my generation, which we're technically the sandwich generation, gets old, by 2050, there's going to be 2.1 billion people over 60 in the world. We have a small window to rethink how this aging works, because otherwise, every single global health Your budget... Your SOL. Budget, exactly. <laughs> right. exactly. Exactly. So the goal truly is to keep people active, involved in society, having an impact and staying healthy as close as possible to their death. And this is not morbid. This is actually beautiful. So we have to completely rethink the value 
that older adults provide society. And that is just absolutely incredible. So we're actually extracting as much life out of everybody, including ourselves, as we possibly can, as opposed to thinking, I'm ready to slow down and not do anything, which now we become a burden to society as opposed to a continued contributor. Exactly. And if you ask people who are approaching retirement age today, they have absolutely no intention of going into retirement home. In fact, some of the coolest things I'm seeing globally are ways to keep people involved in the community, but getting services that allows them to to just stay at home and age at home. Just this past week, I was on a panel with the founder of Upside Home. And what they are doing is they're taking advantage of full luxury apartments in buildings, in multi-generational buildings that can be retrofitted for older adults to happily live as part of society, but getting additional services that helps them, uh, helps them with everyday tasks. At Aldera, we have about 20 to 25% of our community would not be involved in intergenerational programs at all because they can't leave their home necessarily. And it's not just because of COVID. People have different physical limitations as they grow old and geographic limitations. You know, you might live on a beautiful farm somewhere out in the country and you're nowhere close to programs that bring you together with other people. But as long as people have a little bit of life experience, a little wisdom, a little time on their hands, and we say that the values of Eldera are impact, you want to make an impact, you have generosity, curiosity, and gratitude, then you have something valuable for society. So that's uh, that's how we think of every single older adult. You know, I love what you just said, generosity, curiosity, and gratitude. And gratitude is actually something that is learned until you actually have the opportunity to say thank you to somebody you don't understand. There's a deeper level of appreciation as you become older, hopefully more wise. Just because you get older doesn't mean you're wise either, right? <laughs> it, it depends on how you define wisdom. Could just be learning by example. You're absolutely right. Or, it is. Or it is. Making mistakes. You know, accumu- accumulating life experience, both good and bad. But you know, going back to the idea of gratitude, everything that we build at Eldera, including our values, come directly from the community. So let me tell you about the story. When we started Eldera, Early on, uh, my co-founders and I used to join the conversations just to see what's happening (laughs) because we had no idea what's going to happen. You know, we were pairing vetted, trained older adults and trained by us, onboarded by us and vetted with background checks and everything. Older adults with kids from around the world for virtual weekly conversations, story time and activities. And we were doing this using video calls. So we just show up and say, hi, we're the founders of Eldera. Do you mind if we sit in? One of the very early calls that just made me feel like I think we're on the right path was one of our mentors, Monique, read a a kid's book to her mentee. And, And I'll talk to you about how we call them mentors and mentees and why. But she read a book to her mentee, who's a seven-year-old little boy in Seattle. And when she finished reading the book, the little boy said, well, thank you very much for reading me your book. Now I would like to read you my favorite book. Ah, I love it. And he did. And he did. And this, this taught us about this idea that kids have innate reciprocity. Another kid, this, this was, honestly, it was so cute. It was incredible. One of the mentors, again, was reading a book. It's interesting. Generations connect through books. I was reading a book uh, to this um, 
a brother and a sister in Brooklyn. I think he was maybe eight, she was 11. She read the mentor, read the book. And then the little boy said, thank you for reading me the book. Now I will play my drums for you. So they plugged, this was, we have it on video and I still cry when I see it. He plugs in the headphones to his drum set, which smart parents. And then the little girl takes the headphones and tries to put them close to the iPad so the mentor can hear through the the drums. And this entire, they're putting on a show for the mentor. And it's the cutest thing I've ever seen because they felt like, of course, if this person who we just met is giving us this gift, what is it that we can give her? So we started learning about this reciprocity and we learned about how generations very naturally come together. It's not forced. This is the beautiful thing. You know, there's several myths that we've been able to kind of overturn at Aldera. For instance, so kids at Aldera are between five and 17. That's a big range. It is a big range. And then we have mentors who are like really good at different things. Um, And kids come from 23 countries in the world. Parents sign them up, but we always have a wait list of kids waiting for a mentor at Aldera. We say like at Aldera, older adults come in very high demand. Right. So please send us your parents. <laughs> so, so with kids between five and 12, talk on average to their mentor 47 minutes a week. What do you think that number is for kids from 13 to 17? Knowing the teenage range that they probably wouldn't be that engaged and involved in general. There's one young man I know who's a middle schooler and he's probably more adult and mature than than most adults I know, (laughs) who loves to have those conversations. And he was very close to my mom and my dad. Actually, he he one day, actually it was at the end of my mom's, when she was passing, he came in to see her and he called her grandma. And I I just almost lost it right there. But um, the love and respect they had for one another was pretty amazing. But I would think that the teenagers be that engaged naturally. They want to be with their own kids, their own teenage kids, right? Friends. You know what? You you would think that. And that's honestly what we thought too. And then the data shows us that teenagers talk to their mentors 90 minutes a week. So they're hungry for this attention and this conversation, not their, not their parents, but with other seniors that they have a different relationship with. They really are. I think we see a generation of, of young, young adults, young kids that are really growing up with social media, which puts them in, in such a precarious position. We are learning so much about the negative uh, mental health effects of social media on kids. So what we're seeing at Aldera is that, you know, we pair people one-to-one and many at a time around the world. And we use algorithms to create the strongest, most long-term bonds that are beneficial to both young and old. The algorithms are based on the personalities or the sign-up forms and and how they're going to fit. Is that how that works? Exactly, exactly. The algorithms are based on the sign-up forms, both older adults and parents sign up their kids. Kids cannot sign themselves up. And we ask a series of questions. And then our algorithms look at the answers to the questions, but also how the answers were written. About half of the variables that we take into consideration have to do with how you wrote what you wrote, not necessarily what you wrote. Uh, It tells us even more about your personality. I'll give you just very simple examples. If you write more as an I or we, if you use punctuation or not, if you use caps or not. If so you what write, do those tell you? Yeah. Curious. 
they tell us about different personality types. And we look at personality types technically around the big five, the ocean personality test. So we look introverts versus extroverts, extroverts on an openness range, agreeableness range. Uh, there are different things that, that we can glean from personalities in addition to interests that allow us to get a better understanding of who to connect you to in the world. And we're, we're learning so much. We got to the point now where once we vet on and onboard an older adult and we pair them with a parent and a kid, we ask them to have one conversation. That's what you commit to when you sign up for Eldera, one conversation. 94% of the time that they have that one conversation, they go on to talking weekly. Over 70% of them still talk weekly over a year later. Oh my God, that's so fabulous. You know, I you've got me hooked on this I, this we, the, the kind of words that people are using. Are you finding that one generation uses an I or a we more than the other, or is it, it doesn't matter necessarily? No, no, it doesn't matter. It's a complete personality thing. And neither is good or bad, by the way. Neither is good or bad. It's just giving us an indicator of what is going to help us make this bond where they actually end up feeling like family in the long term, you know? So one of the things we do, we never connect people in the same geographic area. And initially, we started doing that for safety reasons, especially okay. during COVID. We just did not want them to like try to get together. But, but we were wrong on two things. One, connecting people in different geographies makes them actually more curious about each other and more open to learn about the other. And secondly, we now have families of the mentees putting the kids in the car and driving across the country to meet their mentor. Oh my and goodness. they're sending me videos of how they like hug for the first time and they cook each other's recipes. And and it's it's become just this like hallmark of, of Eldera joy. Because, you know, when I ask, there's a lot of research why this is good for the older adults, good for the kids, good for society. And I'm happy to go into that. But when I ask our members, what is the number one thing you get out of Eldera? They tell me it's joy. Oh, that's so important, especially today on the loneliness factor. The exactly. it, well, we all know that COVID has brought a lot of that out depression, loneliness, sadness. The thing that I get a lot from caregivers who, who are also taking care of an elderly parent or spouse is that sense of isolation. The duty to take care of the, the response of the personal and emotional responsibility to take care of somebody that they love is strong. But the anger is not the right word, but I'm anger and disappointment are probably the two words I'm going to use right now only because mm -hmm. I have no other way to describe it. I hear that from the caregivers because society and friends have dropped them out. They're afraid of, I, I put in quotes, they're afraid of them because they're taking care of a parent and that may be older or frail or a spouse. And psychologically, you almost think, well, I don't want to catch that, right? <laughs> it's, I hate to say it, but it's almost an unwritten feeling without actually knowing that it's true. And so the caregiver becomes more isolated. The older parent who they're taking or spouse becomes more isolated. And the downhill spiral of both is so incredibly sad. Yet this brings a different level of opportunity that's not physically difficult to do. Just pop on an iPad or a computer or whatever it is. And as long as you've got an internet connection, voila, you're there. That's exactly it. I think we need to to stop thinking of caregiving as a one-way road. Or a burden. Or a burden. It's part of a natural life cycle. So, you know, the reason why I started Aldera 
is initially I was raised, uh, I was born in Transylvania in Romania. And no, she's not a vampire. I <laughs> know she's also not a, uh, a gymnast. <laughs> a gymnast? No. I'm so sorry to disappoint. I did try to be a gymnast and it's, it's incredibly grueling and it was just not for me. So because I grew up, I grew up in Transylvania raised by my grandparents and I just always surrounded myself with older adults my entire life. To this day, a third of my friend group are between 60s and 90s. And this is just how I know how to navigate life. So I know who to go to for advice on investments. I know who to go to for advice on career. I know who to not go to for advice on dating. <laughs> Ethelyn, who is 96. And if you ask her any dating advice, she just says, oh, just kiss him. You're wasting time. <laughs> so, <laughs> One kiss will tell you, right? <laughs> yes, just go for it. So do not take dating advice or, or do, or do. Maybe I am, I am in the wrong here, not listening to her. Grandma's not but, a prude. <laughs> exactly. She, she knows what she's talking about. Uh, her middle name is Trouble, as she will tell you, uh, candidly, with a Manhattan in her hand. So uh, there's so much wealth of information and caring, contextual advice that you can get from another person that is incredible. So that's just how I navigated uh, my life. And, you know, I came to the United States, I came to school, I pursued a career in, in advertising in New York. And it was just over four years ago when my closest older adult in the group, she was really my mother figure. She was really above and beyond anything else. It got diagnosed with brain cancer. Oh. And I did become her caregiver overnight. It was, uh, honestly, it was the, probably what I look back as like my biggest accomplishment in my life ever. Because she's still with us? No, she, she passed away in four months in four, from diagnosis. Yeah. And it, I mean, the loss was devastating. I get it. It was devastating. And I feel very, very fortunate that I was able to spend. 12 to 14 hours a day with her during that time. You know, I realized that there, there's people taking care of, of other people for years and it's different. With us, it was like very intense and very painful because she was declining every day. What are some of the things that she shared with you at the end, if, if you're willing to say so, that gave you pause or, or provided some additional input that you could learn from? You know, I, I have this memory. At, she, was, she was getting very frail. And um, her name was Linda. She was like the most loved person in the world. She really was. So all of her coworkers would come by every day. <laughs> like they had, I think, a list of who's coming every day to visit. The house was full. And she loved drinking Prosecco and she loved the party. She <laughs> loved the party. So she was the controller CFO of this like incredible luxury, luxury brand called Manolo Blahnik in New York. Yes. And she found a reason to throw a party every Friday. There was Prosecco and cupcakes every Friday. There was always My a kind of lady. <laughs> and she loved the party. So what we were doing is as we, she was becoming more frail, we were throwing parties at home and I have this image of her in her bed and but eight other people in bed with her drinking Prosecco, <laughs> laughing, telling stories and uh, listening to some of her favorite music. And 
if I remember correctly, like Superstition was playing at this point, right? Because the party was going on. And I remember her looking around at people and saying, I've never felt more loved in my life. Oh, how amazing. That's the best gift that somebody like that and all of you can really honestly have. I can see the picture of exactly what it probably looked like and the color of the icing on the cupcakes too and everybody in bed. Everybody in bed drinking Prosecco. Feather, feather boas and everything else, right? <laughs> That's exactly right. And um, that moment, I was like, it's all worth it. It's it's all worth it. A lesson learned for everybody of how to continue to celebrate life right to the very last breath, right? Exactly. And, you know, it's, you know, she always had a word of advice for all of us. She always did. Even after she passed, her friends would come and tell me, you know, when I was going through this, this is what she told me. Or she has coworkers where she said, you know, she helped pick the names of two of three of our kids. Oh my goodness. Wow. It also taught me that you can do or say something that for you, it just might be every day, you know, no big deal, but it might completely impact someone's life. And not often in ways that you would even know necessarily, you don't right? Know. You know, most of the time you actually don't know. That's such a gift, such a gift. And that really, what you're sharing here breaks a lot of the psychological barriers of aging and illness and frailty that we don't need to be connected to tubes. That can be your choice. But being ill and facing those final weeks, months, days, hours, ideally, I would say you don't want them to be alone. You don't want them to be alone and, and you want them to matter. You want to leave something behind that uplifts you. I think this is, this is what I've seen, you know. It's like, how can I continue to do good in this world? How can I leave an impact? And I'm building Eldera in Linda's memory. And so this is part of her legacy and your legacy. I had a conversation with a friend a number of years back about what's the imprint that you want to leave on the world, right? And she didn't understand my question, which in myself, I thought was incredibly sad that she didn't understand that. And I tried to explain, it's, it's very simple. It's like, after you're gone, what sort of piece of dust do you want to leave that's going to make the world better? Dirt actually helps the world too. So and she she couldn't figure it out. About a month later, I get like this six-page dissertation. It's like, really, Lynn, it doesn't have to be that difficult. <laughs> and she said, what is yours? I said, mine is really simple. I only want to leave this world with one more smile. That's wow. It. I love that. If I can do that. Then I have succeeded as a human being on this planet. I love That's that. sort of my I you know, I ideal. I want to sort of, sort of circle back to the beginning of our mm -hmm. conversation where we talked about the generations coming together. From a workplace environment, this could be a huge value to, forget the corporations, the corporations are going to survive, but these employees that are so stressed out with taking care of their job and keeping their job and then taking care of a parent or a child, the fear of not actually, I would say the, f the fear of sometimes letting an employer know that you're stuck in this situation is incredibly intense for many people. It's a private time. It's a private situation, but you can, I've seen it, you know, people snap in the workplace and then all of a sudden it becomes a ding on your, on your HR, in your HR file, I'll call yeah. it. This seems like it could be a real solution to that or part of a solution to that. What have you seen? So first of all, how sad that we can't be human in the workplace because I agree. if you are lucky enough 
if you if you're incredibly lucky, you have both a parent and a child. Correct. Like how wonderful that is, right? That you can't you can't express what's happening at home because if it's happening to you, it's happening to someone else too. But going back to to your question, there's so much research around how intergenerational connections improve the the brain area that is connected to dementia. There's actually additional research that intergenerational connections decrease BMI, uh, which is really funny, uh, body ma- uh, mass in- index, which... Really? Yeah. So... Um, so it's a new diet aid. <laughs> and I don't understand why. There's no direct correlation. Why? I think that you're more joyful, you're involved, you're learning. So let me walk you through a little bit of that. In the 90s, Dean Linda Freed, who now is the Dean of Columbia University Public School of Health, but she's also on, on Aldera's board and is my personal mentor and friend. I'm, I'm so honored to be able to say that. But her and Mark Friedman were at uh, John Hopkins University, did this research where they asked retirees to volunteer in schools for eight weeks. And they measured the volunteers' uh, brain health and cognitive well-being before, during, and after this exercise. They measured it with fMRIs at John Hopkins. So this is not just a, a subjective measure. And they found that even just eight weeks of intergenerational intervention, so the older adults going into schools and working with kids, in effect, helping them get better at reading. It was like very, very clear what they were doing halted and in some cases reversed decline in the brain area that's that's related to dementia. Really? That's fascinating. It's amazing. Well, it's You know, this is the biggest thing that I, I want people to understand. We are wired to do this. This is how we stay healthier longer. It's not by segregating generations. Kids are wired to connect with older adults and feel safe and learn things and have someone who has time to pay attention to them. It's very important for kids to be interesting to someone, especially in today's age. You know, they even seem to see younger, I mean, little kids, toddlers, seem to even know when an older person is frail and how to be gentle gentle and soft and tone it down when a parent might be like going ballistic, thinking, will this kid ever like (laughs) stop? becoming a a jumping beam, right? Yeah, exactly. It's innate. It's in us. This is why building a Lara is so beautiful. And and it's not just a US thing. It's a global thing. Kids from around the world sign up, line up, show up every week to talk to their Aldera mentor. It's really good for them too. So there's a Harvard study on childhood development that says that building one-on-one relationships with non-parental adults, trusted relationships with non-parental adults helps build resilience later in life. And mentoring is really the key to success later in life. So this brings me to why Eldera is called Eldera, but we call our older adults mentors. So initially, you know, for my generation, I'm the sandwich generation, saying the word elder is aspirational, but for their generation, it's not. (laughs) So initially we used to call them elders. And when we hit about a hundred elders, they called, they called me and said, Dana, I don't know who you're calling elders. I'm not an elder. Maybe my parents were elders. This was a a gentleman in his 70s. Like, I'm not an elder. And we've realized that there's just the the wording has to be changed. So we ended up going with mentor because the actual definition of mentor is someone who gives their time and wisdom to make someone else's life a little better. 
Oh, that's a fabulous definition. And you know, you think of the the concept of elder, I have to laugh because it brings back memories when I was in college and had come back home and I'm at the grocery store with my mom and the bag boy, who's a bag boy, not a bag girl at the time, uh-huh. actually called me ma'am. And I thought, I am so screwed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in my 20s and I've been called ma'am and we're not in the South. So. <laughs> oh, I, I know it. I know it. And you have to be very careful. You have to really, you know what? We know nothing. My co-founder and I in building Aldera. Every morning we wake up, so we know nothing. We rely on our community to tell us what they want. And then we figure out how to build it, and everyone's having fun and everyone's involved. But really, the most important thing is to to listen to the community, to listen to our older adults. In fact, about a year and a half in, something magical happened. Our mentors, I think watching Jules and I try to figure out things every day and, and struggle in building the company, they said, you know what? We can help. Let us help. So they started self-organizing in what they call task forces, and they're taking on different Eldera objectives, and they're building them in parallel with us. They effectively became part of the founding team. And we literally could not be building Eldera without our members. It's incredible what they do. What a gift. It's absolutely fantastic. Nancy, they are retired educators, retired university professors, retired technical writers, retired CEOs, artists. They know so much more than Jules and I. Jules and I, neither of our first language is English. So the first thing that our mentors took on was the onboarding process. They said, you know what? Let us handle it. I am so grateful. They, They created a manual for mentors by the mentors that's written by the mentors who are not only native English speakers, but actual professional writers. It is a thousand times better than anything that we created before. It's organic. It's it's, uh, it's an organic, organic. evolution of, of what's happening. I'd be curious to find out a little bit how this has happened and grown if your mentors have thought about the different, I'll call it segments of the kids. So if I think about not just age, socioeconomic, there could be, and and even from a health perspective, like children with autism or learning disabilities, have they looked at and been concerned about that from a mentor perspective? Absolutely. I love that you brought this up because this is the biggest task force at Eldera is the diversity and inclusion task force. Okay. And it started by one of our mentors who said, Take a step back. One of the most interesting things about building Eldera is that we have grown really on the parent side completely through word of mouth. And even though parents sign up from 23 countries, their profile is pretty much homogeneous, which is very, very highly educated parents who know that they're giving their kids a leg up by connecting them to an older adult. They know it intrinsically. They sit in the wait list. They email me like, can you please put my kid forward? And so it becomes competition. It, it becomes a competition. Like getting your kid into uh, the best kindergarten. It, it is because guess what? Being connected to a kind, interested older adult that shows up every week is actually Amazing. incredibly beneficial for the uh, child's development. It's directly related to social emotional learning. So highly educated parents are fighting for their kids to get into Eldera. So now our mentors created the Diversity and Inclusion Task Force, where 
they actually are uh, coming up with ways to bring in kids who would not have this type of advantage, you know, uh, whose parents are not aware of Eldera or aware why this would be good for their kid. And they are creating grassroots efforts in their own communities to bring in these kids. Because guess what? It's one thing if I talk to a local community in the middle of the country about bringing in kids who could use a mentor, it's a very different thing. If somebody in their community says, I am an Eldera mentor, right. I've been part of this organization, I would like to invite you in. It's a different level of trust factor that's right in there and brings it into a more familiar perspective, correct? A hundred percent. And trust is really the number one thing that, that drives relationships because without trust, we have nothing. Trust is critical on, on many fronts, and especially I see it from an older or mentor perspective as well, because we have, as we age, we learn the hard way in many cases and can sometimes become hard-edged and jaded. And ideally, I can see Eldera taking that edge off of somebody who's angry as they get older and more isolated, not necessarily because they've done it themselves, but because society has done it in general. What are two or three tips that you would recommend to somebody who is caring for an older parent or is in that sandwich generation thinking, I'm overloaded, what do I do? How do I, as a caregiver, just benefit from this other than signing up, especially if I don't have a, um, I may not necessarily have a child that I'm taking care of, correct? Exactly. So, so we're talking about how to engage older adults that are in need of care, right? What are two or three tips that can relieve the stress from me as a caregiver in this process? I mean, I understand bringing in a parent. How can I get over that mindset that my mom or dad can't do this? right? Because I think we protect them. Right? Thank you. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for asking that. Here, here are the requirements to be part of Eldera. As long as you have a generous heart, a curious mind, and a little bit of time on your hands, you can do it. Now, we do ask you to have an internet-connected device, which, which is a big ask, by the way. Sure. We know that. Not everybody can so afford it. Not everyone can afford it, but we are we just started a few uh, partnerships. We were featured in Lenovo's Kind Cities initiative, where we talked about how bringing generations together can bring kindness into the cities. But, but one of the ways to do that is through technology. You know, we believe two core things. One is that the time and wisdom of older adults is a natural resource that is incredibly abundant and valuable, and it's just ready to be put to ser in service of the next generation. And two, that technology has evolved in a way that is actually allowing us to become more human again. So when we take those two together, if you have an older adult at home who maybe even confined to, to their room or their bed, but they have some stories in them, they have a lot of time on their hand, and they don't mind talking to a kid from somewhere around the world about how life was when they were growing up, then you've got, you've got a, a, a good match. Now, I do have to tell you that we background check every single mentor. And initially, we started doing that to keep kids safe. And then we realized there's so much more to that. We started Eldera just with the idea of connecting generations because it's really good. And we talked about that. What it now has evolved into, close to two years later, is a social community for older adults who want to give back to the world. 
So not just the adults are also connecting with one another, not just the they kids. They are connecting well. with one another. Exactly. So they started initially connecting with one another pretty early on to figure out how to be better mentors to the kids. They literally come together with one purpose, to make the life of the next generation better. And so then they started realizing, oh, we can do more if we help the founders build the company too. And then we can do more if we can bring in our own communities. And they, the, the fact that they are building Eldera together is much more important than my co-founder and I building Eldera. My co-founder and I think of ourselves as creating the platforms, the tool, and the resources. We're, we're the resource providers. Mentors tell us what they need. We make it happen. So I would like to encourage caregivers out there, if you feel like your parent or the person you're caring for has some good stories, does not have a criminal record. <laughs> I, know, I know many well, of you will laugh. Maybe. I mean, as long as it's not a you know, sexual predator, you, you never know. They should think about all the adults who've been incarcerated that could teach kids how not to do that, right? I mean, that that is true, but that is, we're not there yet. I got, I got it. Yet. That's, that's El, yeah. Eldera part two. <laughs> that's like Eldera 2.0, maybe with like kids over 18. But but right now, um, if if you have those requirements, you you have something to give to society. That's the most important thing to, to realize. A person has so much to give to society, and especially an older adult. They have two of the most valuable resources. They have time. None of us have time. All kids need is someone who has a little bit of time to pay attention to them. So, so that's what I, I would really encourage people to connect people with other people and, and think about it, caregivers in particular, think about it as that person not needing something, but having something to give. Anybody can really do this with Eldera Online, but if if they're afraid or they can't do it, there's absolutely no reason why you can't do it with your neighbors and figuring exactly. out what's going on. It was fascinating when the our aides took mom and even dad out for walks in their wheelchair in the neighborhood here, the kids that would come out and the joy that would be on, on both faces, especially around Halloween time when mom and dad would dress up and the kids loved coming here just to see them. It was, it was a give and a take. For, now the stories didn't happen, but the connection, the interconnection, the liveliness, and the attraction of coming to see two older people who were so much in love with seeing the kids on the street and even the neighbors was was pretty special. I mean, that's what humanity is all about. That is how we we progressed as a species. You know, it's natural. You're, what we're doing at Aldera is nothing new. We're not like reinventing the wheel. We're just applying technology to intergenerational connections. So we can make them available to anyone who can benefit from them. And being raised by grandparents, I believe everyone can benefit from them. <laughs> so That's perfect, Dana. I really appreciate your time here. This is such a gift in so many ways. I definitely would love to have you back for another show because there's, we've gone well over our time, our typical time. However, I think that it's really important that this message gets out. And I thank you for sharing. You're a gift and the mentors are a gift and the kids, the kids are a gift to the mentors, right? So a hundred percent, the mentors learn as much as the kids do. They now know how to use filters better than me. You have no idea. The kids taught the mentors how to hack Zoom. And they show up to mentor. Every two weeks, we have this thing called Mentor Council. And I'll, I'll end on this. When all the mentors come together to share how to be better mentors and to tell us how to build a company, they call it cocktail hour. Never mind. I call it Mentor <laughs> Council. They, are, they have better setups 
than I do because the kids taught them how to do it. Oh boy, I, I need to rent a kid. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so thanks again, Dana. This has been terrific. Uh, the, all the information about Eldora will be in the show notes as well as Dana's background, some of the tips and ideas that you might have missed or not been able to write down because you were driving. Please do share this episode and others with your friends and family members. We are here to really bring more joy and understanding and opportunity to those of us that are taking care of those that we love. As I say, it's elder care success, but it is also doing care and humanity, care manity, which is what we're doing too as well. Take care, Dana. Thank you so much for being my guest. Thank you for having me. This show is sponsored by Caremanity, the publishers of How to Survive 911 Medical Emergencies, a step-by-step guide before, during, and after. For your own personalized free file of life, go to www.howtosurvive911.com. All trademarks, brands, and comments are not intended to be substitutes for medical, financial, or legal advice. Please consult a medical, legal, or financial professional for issues relevant to your own personal situation. This show is produced by Caremanity LLC. All rights reserved. Copyright 2021 Caremanity LLC.